Welcome to the Fisher's Second Ward podcast. This is a podcast to help members of the Fisher's Second Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints get to know their neighbors in the ward. The ideas and thoughts that we share aren't necessarily a reflection of the official doctrines of the church. We just hope to strengthen our friendships and our faith by sharing our stories. Thanks for listening, and let me introduce you to a member of the ward. And this week, I am going to introduce you to Josh Stortz. Welcome, Josh. Hello. Um, or if you're in trouble, do you get called Joshua? Oh, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I get called. That's the best. I've got a guy that I work with. His name is Josh. And so, Joshua, if, if ever. <laughs> Not that he would ever get in trouble, but sometimes. So welcome. Josh, um, one of the things I often will start with is, uh, tell me your story. Where'd you, where'd you grow up? Where'd you, how'd you get to Fisher's? Sure. So uh, I was born in Southern California. Okay. What uh, what city? Orange County. So the Tustin, I believe, is uh, the hospital. Um, okay. uh, I am the second oldest of six. I've got an older sister and then um, a younger brother that were all born in California, Southern California area. Uh, and then um, before I started school, we moved to Michigan. All right. And That's quite a move. Quite a move. Yeah, my dad worked for Steelcase, which is an office furniture uh, company. And uh, we moved um, cross-country there. First ones to kind of move away from the family. Uh, that In California, um, my parents had, you know, their parents were there. Uh, my, my mom's father passed away uh, about a month before I was born. Um, but uh, siblings, all their siblings had lived in Southern California, and uh, we were the first to, to move away. What's up, buddy? Um, and so, uh, after that about, um, there's a five year difference between, um, my brother and then, uh, twin sisters came. Uh, my mom had a, uh, a scare with cancer and had oh, wow. to have that treated. Um, and then a year after, um, they were born, uh, my youngest sister, um, came around. So, so what's the, what's the age range between you and your youngest so uh, eight years, okay. which is also the same age difference between uh, my wife and I, because they were friends growing up, but oh, we'll wow. get to that. Um, yeah, so did all of my, um, you know, secondary school, elementary school, things like that, prep school within um, Michigan. Is it fair to say that you're a Michigan fan? I'm a Michigan <laughs> fan as well, but that didn't come until I went to BYU. Okay. So um, graduated high school um, in uh I uh, was the drum major, played soccer, um, played French horn, sang musicals, small, small school, uh, 700 students in the high school, you know. Yeah, that is pretty small compared yep. to what we've got here. Exactly. 152 in my graduating class. Uh, and then when we went and toured the intermediate school, found out that that was larger than my, my high school I went to. So, <laughs> wow. uh, BYU Provo for a year, one of my mission in Montreal, Canada, spoke French. Nice. Um, and then uh, back to Utah, uh, met Courtney, well, started dating Courtney uh, uh, my senior year, her freshman year, uh, graduated and stayed in Provo while she finished up school. Okay. Uh, and then uh, moved back to Michigan for roughly four years. And uh, uh, I'm in IT. One of the um, companies I worked for, uh, I came down here to, to Carmel area about once a quarter to do some work in management services for uh, information technology. And then when I was let go from that company, which is based in Orem, Utah, mm. uh, one of the people I reached out to was a, um, was a director 
down here at the company that I still work for now. I got hired on. Um, nice. We moved down here and uh, came down, took a, took a quick tour. I had been down and thought it was a great place. Courtney came down for a weekend, and we found an apartment to stay in and just have loved it. So one thing about Indiana, we always... Growing up in Michigan, we would we'd go to Chicago for Temple at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we only knew um, the movie Hoosiers and Gary, Indiana. Right. One of the <laughs> two uh, exposures we had to Indiana. So we've been pleasantly surprised with, you know, that that's not exactly what is it's not just all here. Indiana. It's all here. Yeah. So how long have you been in Fishers? Fishers, uh, it'll be seven years in August. Okay. Indiana is 10 years total. All right. So were you in... Um... Carmel area, or where were you before Fishers? Yeah, Carmel. So we were uh, just off 116th. Um, we were just about two miles away from my work. Okay, uh, nice. They, uh, the, the building is off of um, College, uh, North College, and 116th, roughly, area uh, in the old Conseco um, mm. campus. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we were in apartments, and then townhomes. So again, just roughly two miles, and then Fishers. So, you know, 10 miles on top of that. So really nothing too far away from a radius perspective. So... So Fishers must be doing something right. Well, yeah. When we when we looked around, uh, we thought about West because we were in the Westfield ward at that time, okay. and we thought about staying in Westfield. But um, the houses we just felt were kind of the same and uh-huh. kind of close together, and uh, we just were drawn over to to um, Fishers at, at the time being as well. Noblesville was in a totally different stake, right? And so even going out there that further, we would love to have had a little more land, but uh, I just felt that much more further away from what we had already kind of established as our, our camp or our base being right. here and uh, yeah, happy with, with our choice. Good. So callings are not identities, but what is, what is your current calling? Current calling is the assistant executive secretary Okay. with uh, an emphasis, I guess, or a um, focus on the young men. Nice. Um, we had that similar setup with uh, President Brian, who's his bishop, uh, Brother Colwell held yeah. that. Um, and uh, it's great. So I also work as a, with the priest, um, I sit in with their class and, uh, I sometimes forget though, that I'm still an executive secretary. So whenever brother French is out of town, I kind of forget like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to, supposed to fill in for these kind of things. So, um, but yeah, but my, my focus really is with the, uh, I, I, I keep track of what the young men, um, kind of are doing and, and be there in the uh, Bishop Rick meetings so that there's not a delay in getting that information, you know, out to, to everyone. Right. And that's always been, I have had, uh, various callings in and around the Bishop Rick and the young men for, um, over the course of my many years of experience. And, and that's always a tough thing to make sure parents are up to speed on mm-hmm. what's going on. So as a parent, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Let's go back to your mission for a minute. Um, you said Montreal, mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about some experiences that you had that really shaped your testimony. Were there any things? I, and I'm just assuming that there were mission experiences that that had an impact. What kinds of things shaped your testimony on your mission? Um, yeah. So, so, so I grew up in a branch uh, in Michigan. So, um, in, in your mission, you know, you sometimes get areas where you're the only set of missionaries for that unit, uh, in other spots, you share a apartment with other missionaries, or you go to a unit where you have three or four different companionships that are there. And so every Sunday is kind of a, Hey, get, you know, you can kind of see, you know, does someone, you know, similar age groups or things like that, kind of like a young men and young women's experience. 
Um, but for me, it was always, hey, they're, they're the elders and, you know, that's the only ones we have and, you know, we have them over for dinner and things like that. And my mission was uh, very similar to that. I was in areas that we were the only companionship that were there for that small branch. Usually, uh, if you look at the phases of buildings, a, a mm-hmm. first phase. So right. pretty much uh, think of a, a one school uh, schoolhouse, if you will. It's right. just a you know, big, big building with, you know, maybe a release society room, your bishop's offices, and uh, a baptismal font. Right. You know, you have the <laughs> curtains to, to yeah, the curtains to separate the the chapel from the primary room, from all that kind of things. Um, so uh, that was felt familiar to me. Where other people who were, you know, my mission, a majority of the people either from the elders, were either from Utah or um, Calgary, mm-hmm. Alberta. Okay. Um, and so uh, any kind of things that you know shaped my testimony. Where um, I guess at that age, I served when. Uh, uh, when 19 was still the age for for young men. You and I are both kind of old. We're kind of older, yeah. And that one had the pink, you know, study guide, everything like that. That's right. Um, and uh, I guess what I learned from one of those testimony parts was, you know, that my father here on earth is just another son of God, you know, like, uh-huh. and, and that my father in heaven is really, you know, my, my father here has really been an example for what my father in heaven is like, mm. but yet he is still just a man being my dad, you know, just a man trying to do his best, has his weaknesses and, and his failures, um, as much as his, um, uh, successes mm-hmm. just as much. And I think I looked at that and went, that's exactly how I will be going forward is, you know, I'm still, you know, you can look at your dads, you know, and your moms and be like, wow, they know everything or they don't know anything or, you know, and you're right on both cases, right? right? As far as just your perspective at time with that. Um, but all of that really is sets us up to say that our, you know, they're, you know, speaking of, of, of dads and, and, you know, fathers more of, they're just trying to emulate the example that our heavenly father has with that. And are they perfect that? No. So if, you know, your dad loses his temper, you know, um, it's not to say that Heavenly Father loses temper. He has a temper because we get those, you know, right. but um, that, you know, perfect is definitely something that is not achieved here in this lifetime. Um, but just to kind of look at that and realize like, oh, you know, they're doing the best they can with that. And um, uh, like many people, my, my family is not perfect. We have, you know, members of our family who are active in church, members who are not, uh, who choose different ways. And as nothing as far as to say that my parents have failed Right. Um, in any kind of aspect uh, or not, just to say this, Heavenly Father hasn't failed. We all have our individual choices and, and uh, abilities to to, uh, to choose what we want to do, and that has nothing to reflect upon uh, us or them as individuals, you know? Yeah, that's true. So having that, um, did you have other areas where you had some of the culture shock of bigger wards, or were you mostly in the smaller units? Mostly smaller units. There were one or two. I mean, those are the fun ones where it was like, you know, you go to church and, you know, there's your whole district. You know what I mean? And uh, I had one area where um, we had both a French and an English unit, hmm. and we served both areas. So uh, Sunday was pretty much two sacraments. Two, I mean, it was it was three hour church. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a six six hour day of like you get done with one same building. Uh-huh. You know, you kind of have a break. I think we'd probably have our missionary um, correlation meeting, things like that, right. and then boom, right back into wow. uh, another sacrament meeting. So it's a long day. Mm-hmm. It's a long day. It's kind of like um, if you have those early bishopric meetings and yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of gets used to that. So, so. Um, we're going to jump right a little bit. That's just because of what I feel like. <laughs> That's how my brain works. It's up to my mind. Yeah. 
Um, so you met Cor- Courtney um, as you were growing up? Is that as she was growing she up? Was growing yeah. Up. <laughs> so I. Um, uh, yeah, so I think uh, Rachel is my sister's name, so that's when I referred to, to her, who I'm talking about. She and Rachel, I think, became friends, and um, they're in the same stake, not the same ward, okay. uh, when they were in young women's camp. Okay. And um, so I would come back from college and, you know, go pick up my sister from her friend's house, and mm-hmm. okay, you know, so nothing, I had no really re- recollection of here or there, I'd be like, okay, cool, and... Um, Courtney knows better as far as, you know, like that. We'll get her on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we'll get her side of I'm story. sure you will. Yeah. But, um, it wasn't until I'd say like the, it'd be my, I came back from, um, college for my sister's graduation. Okay. So open house, you know, and, and I'll, I mean, let me do a back step here. So for me in my life, you get these inklings. I do mine are always joking. So, um, I went and played soccer, um, uh, before my senior year in Europe and in Italy and Greece. And I was taking French in high school. And I came back from it going, I want to go to a French-speaking mission, um, but I don't want to go to Europe because everyone smokes and drinks there. <laughs> There's a lot of that. For those who are listening and don't realize, everyone smokes and drinks everywhere, but I didn't realize <laughs> this, you know. So the Lord in his sense of humor goes, okay, I got a spot for you. I'll send you to a place that speaks French that's not in Europe. Uh, and hockey is its, you know, main, uh-huh. you know, thing there where I could have gone to some place where soccer would have been its main sport and had much it's more like interest. And in, exactly, right. exactly. Um, or heck, even on island where they speak French and, you know, nice and warm instead of uh, cold. So I take that as an example because the other one would always be... Um, uh, my, my friends were starting to get married and graduating, moving away. I'm like, I'm just waiting for my, my wife to graduate, to graduate high school. <laughs> it's not funny when it actually is true on that part. So, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I fast forward now at the open house, uh, for my sister's high school graduation. And there's a friend of hers that caught my attention. It's like, Hey, she's out there kicking around the soccer ball with her brother, okay. uh, Kramer. And, um, just yeah, that started, would get your attention. That would get my attention. Started, you know, just kind of talking with her, this, that, whatever. I just got a motorcycle, you know, and just kind of said, hey, you know, and and she was going out to BYU. I like, oh, when you're out there, you know, like, look me up and I'll take you for a motorcycle ride. Mm-hmm. And she's probably, you know, I think she even said, she's like, oh, whatever, nothing's going to happen <laughs> of this, you know. <laughs> right. Fast forward uh, September, October, uh, I'm on campus and um, I happen to see her across, across the quad. Mm-hmm. And... Um, two things you'll learn about if you haven't already known I me. Mean, one, I'm terrible with names, and two, I'm not quiet. <laughs> so I don't remember her name, okay. but it doesn't stop me from trying to get her attention. Right. <laughs> so I yell across the quad, Michigan. I mean, I hear this thing like echoing off the mountains, kind of <laughs> loud, you know? And she kind of does one of these, like, kind of look around, but doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and she keeps on going. So, of course, I follow her because that's not creepy. <laughs> No, not at all. And um, as I'm following her, I'm texting my sister to be like, what's your friend's name? Who, you know, at, you know, kind of thing. And um, she's in the bookstore. She ended up going to the, Courtney ended up going to the bookstore. And I kind of did one of those like, hey, how, how's it going? Just happened to walk by and, you know, what's your name again? Kind of thing. And uh, we ended up, uh, um, I got her number and we were, you know, going for a, bi- a motorcycle ride later, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, kind of show around the sites and she took that as like what a nice guy what a you know what a great older brother to to do this you know because 
we ended up uh, hiking the Y, um, going on a motorcycle ride, hiking the Y, which I've done a million times, but I was like, hey, you've never done that? And cooking her dinner. Okay. And I think it was uh, her aunt I had to point out later, like, no, that's a date, sweetie. So <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, the, and again, you that's can get her, her side on that one, but that's the gist of, of how that started. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, a lot, I think it's a lot to process right she there. Needed, she needed uh, somebody to tell her that, okay, you just went on your first date. Uh, yeah. No, that, that's, again, yeah. I. So yeah. at this point, you were a senior, right? Sure. I was the, the senior BYU senior, senior, the you know, the a lot of people go to school for seven years. They're called doctors, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So um, you guys eventually got married. Mm-hmm. And where'd you guys get married? Detroit Temple. Nice. Yep. Okay. And that's because it was close to home? Yes. Yeah, that's the closest one. So um, at that time, my parents were still living in Michigan, and her parents still do. Uh, again, same stake. Our stake at that point was still two hours from north to south, but uh, our parents lived about 45 minutes away from each other. Okay. Did they know each other, or, or they yes. do now for sure? They, right? Yeah, they did. We Again, because my, my sister and her were friends. Um, and uh, one thing about Courtney is she's uh, an introvert, and mm-hmm. if you are shocked by that, she hides it well at times. Mm-hmm. And if it's no shock, I'm an extrovert. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't figured that one out. Yeah, I haven't figured that one out. So, uh, you know, my parents invited her parents over and they were talking and this kind of thing. And um, yeah, just kind of, they, they, you know, they were having conversations as we were dating and, you know, uh-huh. back in Michigan, stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, I think my parents had to kind of be like, you know, he is a really good guy. Just kind of like, because they really hadn't, they hadn't known me, you know, from, right. uh, I've, I was away so long. They've, they've known Rachel, they've known my parents, but like, and my, I think her dad and my mom served together in a stake, young women, young men's calling, you okay. know, as far as, so they would see each other monthly to be able to, you know, coordinate and things like that. But never really had met me and stuff. And um, I bring out a lot of. Uh, differences in their family <laughs> at times. So I, I expose her mom to a lot of, you know, uh, things that maybe she hadn't known before. So. <laughs> and I have fun doing that. I well, still, yeah. I, I have to remind them that I'm still their favorite son-in-law because Courtney's their only daughter. So. <laughs> I told my mother-in-law that I was her favorite son-in-law. She said, no, you're the first. You're the number one son-in-law. Exactly. Favorite. That's number favorite. One. Number one. Thing. Yeah. So get a t-shirt. She, she has six daughters. <laughs> so I was, I still am a, the favorite. Just get a t-shirt with quotes that say, you know, <laughs> right. I'm your number one son-in-law and put her name right there at That's the right. end. You know, I yeah. like it. Yeah. I should, I can make she, this happen. She did say it. <laughs> she did say it. <laughs> so you guys have been married for how long? 16 years. 16. That Our is. marriage is old enough to drive. <laughs> and I always tell people that it's the first 12, 10 or 12 decades that are the hardest. And how many kids? Uh, four kids. Um, so we were married in the Detroit temple uh, and then um, London came to us through adoption. Mm-hmm. And so we were sealed again as a family in the Indianapolis temple. That would be a great experience. Yes. So, and how old is London now? London's four. Okay. She'll be five in December. And she is uh, giving you a run for your money, from what I can see. Uh, yeah, I expect that. So Jackson will graduate, um, be a senior, and he'll graduate, and then London will be a freshman in high school. So okay. that's kind of the space with them. So I'm fully prepared for London just to refer to Courtney and I as Josh and Courtney <laughs> um, somewhere through her high school career. Yeah. Just oh, because that's how it's going to be. And we're going to get all kinds of different kind of looks where it's like, what kind of relationship, you know, and <laughs> just roll with it. That's right. Yep. Well, Dalton is uh, 
a little bit older now than, but a few years ago, he would just talk about when people would be out of the house for camp outs or mm-hmm. whatever, he was going to take over the house. And so that may be what he's going to be dealing with with her. So that's fun. Um, and, uh, oh, I had another question. We'll get there. So let's talk a, a little bit more about your job in IT. What specifically do you, do you do? Okay, so hopefully my wife's taking note because she always gets this question as well and can never really answer it too. So I am a Windows Systems Administrator. Okay. So uh, I'm a server admin. I work on a Windows Server group for Cox Automotive. Um, uh, For those that are maybe from the South or even some part of the West, Cox Communication is the same company. Um, Pretty much the goal of it is uh, I was part of a, a business unit that was purchased and to get as much money out of the life of a vehicle. So, um, you know, cars that are bought at auction, you know, uh, moved around. I mean, a car can have upwards of, you know, five plus owners at times. And every Mm -hmm. single time, I mean, you're buying and selling and there's money being switched hands and there's reconditioning and and all those things like that. So um, I'm part of the infrastructure that supports that. And um, uh, Cox Auto owns things like Kelly Blue Book, um, Dealer.com, Dealer Track, other software, uh, Mannheim Auctions. and uh, there's infrastructure, again, that, that supports underneath that part, their data centers. Uh, and I work on the Windows systems that, uh, that support those applications that they sit on. That's cool. So you're mostly dealing with um, more corporate entities, not, not individual dealers, or are you dealing with dealers? My own job or the company as a whole? Well, let's start with your job and then the company. As a whole. My job, I really don't deal with, I, I'm dealing with the employees of Cox Automotive. Okay. Uh, and and more particularly the IT employees because again, uh, I support the the operating system or server that their application then sits upon. Okay, so you're you're not really involved in um, the infrastructure with anybody else that might connect with like KellyBlueBook.com or anything like that. Uh, no, just again, just the IT teams. Okay. Yep. So you got. I mean, and you have corporate and you have auctions. So um, I mean, for example. Uh, uh, next year capital, um, DFS was Dixon fleet, which is now mobility and, um, Mannheim auto auction are all three physical locations that reside here in Indianapolis. And they're all still part of the, you know, of Cox automotive corporation. So, okay. Just to give you just, and then, you know, multiply that now by number of cities across the country and even the world with Mannheim and things. So do you, are you doing most of your work? Um, is it remote work or is it yeah, hundred hundred percent remote. Okay. So, um, uh, I was reporting to the uh, business unit within um, next year on Carmel, and uh, right as the pandemic was happening, we were moving our data center away from there to Atlanta. And when that happened, my reporting structure changed. So I report up to Atlanta. <clears throat> so I am remote from half my team anyway. And so, why go back into a to an office? Okay. So does that give you some flexibility in in life very much so yeah okay that's got to be nice mm-hmm. yep uh, has has its ups and downs but at the same time i mean for the most part yeah i can in charge of my own schedule do you do much traveling to to support teams or go back to atlanta or anything like that or not quickly? not for my uh you know day-to-day job but yeah. for other responsibilities that i'm, I'm a part of a coalition uh that um uh, they were just here last week uh, i'll be going to phoenix arizona in october you know i'll be back in atlanta uh, and then I will probably go maybe once a quarter, um, but it's more for 
just um, getting to know team members and things like that. Nothing that really needs to be requires of my work. Okay. Well, that's kind of nice. It's mm-hmm. nice to have that flexibility. Yeah. So, um, instruments. You said you played French horn. Mm-hmm. Do you keep that up or? You... No. No, I lost that. And, and, and trumpet then went to French horn. Um, but I haven't played that in, in years. So. So what are some, some of the, um, when Josh isn't, chasing London around <laughs> or um, sending emails about the young men. <laughs> what do you, what, what are some things that you do to keep yourself entertained and occupied? Uh, so um, I've recently hurt my foot and I'll explain, probably explain why with all this. Um, so I've not been able to do these things, but before that um, basketball three times a week, uh, I like to bike ride, swim, soccer. Um, and then uh, I like to do, project around the house as well just finished power washing all of our fence uh, we built the desk and things within the office we replaced the floors uh, in the house um painted rooms things like that so i like to do uh projects as um like as well uh so yeah kind of keeps me I, I like to be i just like stay busy as far as i feel like i'm accomplishing some kind mm-hmm. of of task or, or moving forward with it um it frustrates me when i can't get a when I, when I can't get that check mark, when something right. uh, is unfinished and my kids can attest to that too, where it's like <laughs> your shoes don't go there. They go back and you know, <laughs> so yeah. So what happened with your foot? Oh, I'm just old as far as it's overuse. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, fluid around my Achilles right now and a bone spur going on. So I have to stop uh, playing basketball. Uh, a couple years ago, I, same foot, I um, uh, had a, a fracture with it had a screw put in again playing basketball so there's probably a theme going on here that i'm not really seeing yet so Same foot and <laughs> but different parts of it so okay, well that's i guess yeah. that's good that My, not... the problem is that if i didn't do any of that i'd be you know 300 plus pounds because i just sit around all day so right. i have to do something well that's that's good what are some of the, of the uh family activities that you guys that you like to do i know i know you spend a lot of time with family <sighs> What are some? I mean, we go out and, you know, <laughs> I know I have a 14 year old daughter, so she likes to watch movies a lot, you know? Well, we'll go walks and bike rides. Um, we went to Nauvoo recently. We have plans to go to a amusement park uh, later on in the summer. Um, when we travel, uh, it's usually to see family. We have family up in Michigan that's mm-hmm. close, so we'll go to the beach. Um, but uh, we, you know, probably one of our favorite memories was we went out to North Carolina a couple years ago and it was just a family vacation, you right. know? So, um, so yeah, we do like to to travel and and see different sites. I'm I was a history major in uh, college, so I do like ones that actually have historical points to as well. Um, Gordy and I were recently, well, this past Thanksgiving, went out to New York City. Mm. So yeah, I like to travel. So what are some of your um, what would be your um, dream vacation? My dream vacation or our dream vacation? Let's go with both. But start with yours. Mine. Uh, probably to go around, well, <laughs> uh, my bucket list item is to go to the Michigan-Ohio State game at the big house. Okay. So that may not be seem like much of a vacation for someone else, but for me, heaven. <laughs> um, but, I mean, also as far as maybe seeing you know some of the Civil War and uh, battlefields, things like that, kind of mm-hmm. touring around there uh, in the New England states areas. Yeah. Um, uh, again, big big into history. Um, so yeah, that'd probably be one one of mine. And then you know, different kind of spots to go with that. 
our like Courtney's and I it'd probably be someplace warm, beaches, you know, like I'll be able to to do um, some fun parts like that. Um, we honeymooned in Jamaica and um, talked about as far as like, yeah, this is something I could get used to and things. Oh, yeah. and haven't had that, you know, <laughs> that since. Like most most people don't get to enjoy, you know, to enjoy, but looking forward to those times we can go back to things like that. Yes, that would be, that would be fun. So um, what are some history lessons that you think um, we just haven't, either as a as a culture or as a um as a nation i don't know if those are different but what are some history lessons that that you think we just haven't figured out yet dang like that that's a that's a great that's a small question no that's a great question and i um so uh, okay um i think a lot of people especially where we're at um and i get this a lot especially the past couple of years where to talk about the black lives matter movement mm-hmm. And a lot of that response was always, don't all lives matter? Right. And what I feel that people, and it's, you know, I'm probably preaching the choir in this audience, but just more of in general, as far as our neighbors and, you know, every people we, we come into contact with, they don't understand the history of how oppressed um, African-American lives in particular, but, you know, just minority groups in general. And this is me as a middle-aged white man, so I am the problem, you know? Right. And I, I and I think it's a huge issue in the sense of where these attacks can come from. But again, back to the history part, that's what your, what your question is. How much the, that cult, the culture has actually been downtrodden with it? Um, my mom and I, you, you, I think you may have been alluding or sometimes questions that come with when they look at uh, my family mm-hmm. uh, is you you adopted a little African-American girl. How, mm-hmm. how great are you guys? And we don't look at that at all with that, especially myself, uh-huh. um, where I look at and go, um, my mom always, uh, we grew up always, my mom was saying, I would just love to have little dark skinned grandchildren. Mm. This is to a, boy that was growing up with nothing but white people all around, Yeah, you know, and I, and the, the, the little small town I lived with. And to me, that taught me personally, it's like, that doesn't matter skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter, uh, just what we look like that we're all, we're all love with that. As far as how does that work again, back to that history lesson with it, is that something we have not yet learned mm-hmm. where people look at, think at each other at too much differences. Okay. And you can look at that from an outside and inside. You can take bring the you know spiritual relationship into that as well to think as far as that person is different, they must be wrong because of this way because they don't act or look like me. Mm-hmm. Where um, I think it's just a human nature to kind of look at that where we have to actually, when they talk about putting off the natural man, that's right. exactly what they, they mean by that is the prejudice or even pre uh, presets we have. We need to kind of stop and go, that's, you know, if I'm thinking that way, I need to stop and say, is that actually the way the Savior is looking at things? Right. So. And since you brought that up um, with London, um, what I, when we first moved here, mm-hmm. we moved here in 93, and there was a family that we knew that had, it was a white couple that did not have any biological children, but they had three, three African-American children that they had adopted. What reaction have you gotten 
from people who who see your family and London's skin color is definitely different than the rest of the family. Honestly, and, and I had a friend ask me this a couple of years ago too, where they thought that, you know, is there any kind of prejudice that comes with that or even just a, and no, everyone just has just been like, um, you know, did they, it, it, it's almost a look of just good for you kind of thing. And I'm thinking like, cool. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's what, it's not why we're doing that, you know? So really nothing like that. Um, it's more of, and, and something you should know about my family is, um, so Courtney's half African-American, mm-hmm. um, and you've probably all met uh, her, her um, parents as great people. Yeah. Um, but um, what you might not know, because all of my family hasn't been here as well, my older sister uh, was married to a man from the Philippines. Okay. So, uh, and then she also has two adopted uh, children. So they are a mixed family. My younger brother married a girl who was from India, but grew up in Michigan at the age of two years on. Okay. Um, so they are also, a, you know, a mixed family. Um, my uh, first sister, uh, you know, next sister there, she married a guy from South Africa. Hmm. Uh, my her twin sister married a white guy. He's the, that's the only one that came, just <laughs> male, white on white. And um, and then my younger sister married a guy from uh, Nigeria. Okay. So again, this small family from you know country loving michigan area very diverse in it and i love what i love about that too is that for london especially for her to look around and her normal is to say my family all looks different yeah. my extended family um so uh yeah so in in reality as far as you know where people look at us and kind of go oh, i kind of look at it and go I'm liking the fact that London's normal mm. is very much kind of looking and going, aren't, aren't all families yeah. look different, you know? Just all all different shades and mm-hmm. nationalities. That is that is a really neat experience that she will have mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, what what you grow up with becomes your normal, and, and she's going to grow up with a very different experience. Yep. About perspective on that. So for all those who are listening, my sister is, my old sister is divorced. We are looking to complete the circle with a Latin American. So if you (laughs) know know any, yeah, if you know anybody, reach out. Fantastic. (laughs) Does she have any, any age restrictions or I I can't speak for her directly, but I'd probably say no. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's nice. That's fantastic. So talk about the, um, the process of uh choosing to adopt oh good question yeah good great great question um so uh courtney when courtney and i were dating we both are always knew well we always felt like hey let's adopting would be cool mm-hmm. that'd be a cool thing to do as you get married and you know you go through life and struggle financially and things like that then it becomes like a huh, let's just make sure we can feed the kids, you know? <laughs> That's right, because adoption um, is not cheap. Exactly. So as uh, Jackson's pregnancy was extremely difficult, um, Courtney's diabetes went from borderline uh, gestational with her first to full-on gestational with Summer, which resulted in a very large, uh, I'm going to say it's 9.5 for Summer. And Courtney, as you know, is 5 foot, 100 pounds. Um, to type one diabetes before getting pregnant with Jackson to where he was born at 10 pounds, wow. five, six, four, something like that. Um, which was literally, you know, just, you know, just, she was in immense pain. Mm. And so the doctor had suggested, and we decided to go as far as, you know, she didn't have any more natural 
uh, birth. Right. So the adoption process literally came into full-fledged say, okay, is our family complete or not? Mm-hmm. And honestly, even when we were going through that decision of, um, okay, this would be our last biological child, it was like, well, we always have adoption. Like, we, you know, it just, it was a being because we had already talked about it. Right. And so we had looked at that um, option uh, a year before we actually started it, uh, and it just wasn't timing for it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think I'd shared this in a, in a testimony or meeting before. I was listening to... Um, James Taylor's Hello. I think it's James Taylor, right? No, Neil Diamond. Okay. Neil Diamond's Hello. Yes. And uh, all of a sudden it kind of hit me, goes, now it's time to it's time to start it. Mm. And so, but fortunately, you know, Courtney had already done all the, the homework. How much okay. does it cost? What are some ideas, fundraiser ideas, mm. you know, pitch-ins, you know, you can do for like garage sales. We mm. bought a 500-piece puzzle uh, that actually hangs in London's room um, that... Uh, you sell a piece for $20 each and we have people's names on the back of it who donated. Um, you know, so my, my company, uh, puts money towards, um, adoptions, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then, um, so we had all that kind of like lined up and knowing we had kind of, uh, the cost at different points of it and then finding the right adoption agency. Mm -hmm. Um, and that there's a whole bunch of different agencies out there. Um, their costs can vary, but they're, their uh, points at which those money is due is kind of the same thing. Okay. You know, uh, home studies, things like that. And um, yeah, we just, we uh, stayed very close as far as prayer. I wanted to start with that, which agency mm-hmm. to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found one that um, we were looking for a minority child. So they specialize in minority adoptions. Okay. Uh, they only worked in um, Illinois and Indiana, so mm. licensed to work. So with our three kids, it was we can't go going across country, right. let alone internationally. And for sometimes, you know, that process of waiting, you have to, you know, wait to be able to bring the child back can mm. be upwards of weeks to you know a month right. or things. And so, just what worked out best for us uh, with that, um, uh, yeah, we ended up being in, in one. And uh, Cordy and I went up in Chicago, met with the director. And she's one of these women who has to have those hard conversations with mm. potential mothers. Okay. Kind of like this is, you know, cable TV is not a necessity, you know, compared right. to things like that. And so we're sitting there expecting like, she's going to do in the sales, like you guys are uh-huh. great and this and that. And you know, she pretty much was giving these, you know, boom, 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 boom. We're halfway. I mean, we're not feeling it. We're just kind of like, what's going on here? And uh-huh. halfway through the, you know, uh, the, the process, the, you know, the hour or two we've been there, it's like, hold on. Are, you know, are, are you ex- like, are we a good fit for you? You know? And she's uh-huh. like, oh yeah, if you weren't, I tell you. <laughs> and it's just like, and, and then, and just the spirit just rushed over and it's like, okay. oh, we're in the right spot. You know, good, it's kind of good. a thing of like, okay. And so, uh, long story short, it came to come to find out it was pretty much from, when we started to when um, London was born, it was about nine months. Wow. So we just, we, we, we were called, I'd be at work and I get a phone call from Courtney and she's like, hey, you know, I just got off the phone with the agency. Um, I think the only call we had besides that was, you know, they talked about, about being matched. And it's okay. like, we have potential match, two boys, and they were like two and one or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's one of those, like the mother just couldn't, you know, we were looking for a, um, uh, uh, birth, you know. Okay. But we said always up to like two years, mm-hmm. and we, you know, quiet, quietly like prayed about it fast. It's like that doesn't seem what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, November, just out of the blue, hey, we, you know, someone's got someone matched. Like like to meet her. She's due. You know, like 
she's in her eighth her third trimester should mm-hmm. we do you know and uh, a couple of days later we're driving up to South Bend okay. met her and by that time we were matched and when we sit down with her name's China we sit down with her at a TGIF Fridays uh, with the um, uh, you call her social worker but she really wasn't she worked for the agency okay. she pretty much was the advocate for the birth mom and, uh, you know, literally it's, hi, how are you doing? And before we could get, you know, even more <laughs> word out of that, she sits down and goes, why do y'all want a black baby? <laughs> <laughs> and before Courtney could answer in her very nice professional way of, you know, like I'm half African American and, you know, it's a, and I just blurted out, we love black people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of, you know, loosened up the, uh, <laughs> the conversation. Get you people... say you're an extrovert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay just... If you haven't heard, hadn't heard, eh? <laughs> And that kind of, you know, calmed things down. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, it worked out well as far as, I mean, she was, uh, China's a very independent person. Um, she had a uh, uh, a son already named okay. Jamarius, uh, who many of the ward has uh, has seen at the Halloween parties. Okay. And so that's London's half-brother. He is uh, oh, just a couple years older. So he was at the hospital when London was born. Okay. Um, and then we, uh, he was eventually... Um, Social services eventually placed him in a home that was he was adopted into. Okay. And they live up in the South Bend area. And so we see him probably about every six months so that London and him can have a nice relationship. London does, you know, understands the words as far right. as that's my brother and stuff. But he has more of a, since he saw her, you know, met her at the hospital. So he is definitely more of like, that's my sister. And is excited to be an older brother where I think, you know, this is more of those relationships that will continue to uh, stay strong because they'll be needed as they get older sure. and they talk, you know, but n- now it's just more, this is where you have to put in the work right. for something rewards that will come later for them. Yeah. She's four and, and exactly not a whole lot that a four-year-old understands. Exactly. You know, 10 years from now, maybe even more of kind of like, uh, hey, what do you, you know, yeah, there <laughs> might be more enemy? questions that come with that. Yes. <laughs> when when they need to have their common enemies and, mm-hmm. and uh, so I know you know that's coming because... <laughs> I'm in the thick of it. You're living through it. Yep. So, well, that's fantastic. Do you have much contact with China still, or is she... Not not really. Uh, Just because as far as just where she's at in her life, um, and uh, uh, she's had more time with... I mean, when she was pregnant with London, and and it's one of those things, too, you write a, a letter to the potential birth mom mm-hmm. as a blank statement when you give in, when you turn in your um, applications. Okay. And one of those first ones was, thank you for seeing this pregnancy through, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, really my hat, you know, hats off to you for that. Right. Um, and so she had, when we had talked with her, she's like, Oh, this is all your baby. So like mm-hmm. she had gotten pregnant and knew that she could not raise a second child and still mm-hmm. keep her first one. And, okay. kinda, you know, come to find out obviously uh she couldn't even keep the first one just because of uh expenses you know and right and just the position she's in um but so not surprisingly i mean yeah she i think when seeing london it's more of like how cute this is someone that looks like me and can see those you know similarities but she definitely has a little more attachment to jamarius mm-hmm. and even with him it can be hit or miss with some of the times right. that she sees him so um so no, not not necessarily. Not that we're open for it, but um, it's just uh, there's very really big separation. She, you know, we London knows her by name. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as China, and uh, when we look at her baby book, you know, she's like that. Mm-hmm. The London's inside. You know, there's your tummy there, and so, but how much that comprehension is yet? That's still right. to be worked through. So how is how is it for your kids going through that process? Is they're uh, watching you as you're having these moments with 
um, certainly with each other, with the Spirit, trying to to navigate where where does our family need to go? That's a. I mean, you'd have to ask my my kids now as far as how what they remember most about. It. I mean, Jackson just remembers as far as going to a Chipotle to meet. <laughs> Uh, London. The important stuff. Important stuff. Yeah. There's a big. Uh, we London was born on December 23rd. Uh, termination of parenting has to wait 48 hours. So okay. we were released from the hospital on Christmas. Okay. And but there's a big snowstorm, so we had to go back to the hotel. It was just Courtney and myself in London. There went to go get Chinese food that night. You know, I mean, it just. Mm-hmm. Christmas story. Think of that. You know, like in the storm, what the kids couldn't get. The kids are up in Michigan, and we can't. You couldn't cross state lines. Oh, okay. Um. So the um, uh, my in-laws brought them back down the next day. Um. So their experience for that. I mean, we made the videos as far as you know to uh, to share with and and had those sales and things. So I think, I think their experience would be as far as that the work put in for it, the knowing that we're working hard to. Um, work for a child that we didn't know it was when and if mm-hmm. coming, you know, right. uh, and then the reward of having that as far as feeling that is uh, complete and being in the temple together too, where we talked about that, I think just uh, yesterday, um, where it was, who we were singing the song, we were in primary um, mm-hmm. and singing the song, I love to see the temple. Okay. And just asking that question of, you know, who's been in a temple and mm-hmm. things. And, you know, a lot of the kids raise your hand because the open house for, Indianapolis, but you know, Jackson's like, yeah, you were, you were in the temple for our ceiling. So, right. so yeah. So, um, talk a little bit about that experience, preparing your kids to go to the temple for, mm-hmm. for a ceiling. This is something that not many kids get to yeah. experience. So it was nice that the open house was, had been only like a year or two before okay. around there, you know? Yeah. So when we could say where we were going is remember, we went through that building now, it was only Kylie and Summer who went through. Jackson hadn't. Okay. And so, and at that age, it was also, you know, buddy, we're not going to be screaming or being loud. And it was, it was more of that. But to clarify, as far as just, this is something mommy and daddy have already done with you guys as you, you know, um, before you were born. And that, you know, this brings us right now, we are sealed, you know, for, with, with you three. Now, as a family, we're going to do this. And, um, you know, why we dress in white to mm-hmm. signify purity and to be able to, you know, be the eternities. They did well as far as the mirrors in the ceiling right. room, you know, they pointed those out and so they could see through that as well. Um, but it's a great experience as far as when, um, when we, when we came in and you have your kids dressed in white mm-hmm. and they didn't need to be at the altar because they had already been sealed. Right. And so it's Courtney and I at the altar and my what? mother-in-law as holding London to bring her into the altar with it, just because it's an addition with that. Right. Um, but the kids could be there as witnesses for it as well. That's neat. It is. So, I mean, one thing too, I was kind of like, uh, you know, the difference between a full family being sealed at one time and, and an additional member. Um, uh, and uh, we had, the room was filled between, you know, people from this ward, people from our old ward, the stake and things like that. Right. And there was a point in time where... Um, I, you know, as, as London's being uh, brought into it, they, you know, say her name and she looked over to the crowd and gave this big smile <laughs> to those on the side. So I think those who are in the room probably remember that just kind of like a, Hey, yeah. that's me. I'm here, you know, with it. So, um, yeah, to, I think for, for my kids to know, as far as like, that was a great, uh, day just to know as far as that's when our family was complete right. from that point in time. That's neat. Yeah. So uh, how long after the adoption was she sealed? Yeah. So adoption, um, so it, it goes, uh, signing of termination of parenting on the, uh, on Christmas day. 
is then the actual legal um, child, you know, child legally is put into the agency's name. And the okay. agency turns around and hands the baby to, you know, hand to London to us. Mm-hmm. And again, can't leave the state. Right. You know, you have, you'll have a home study to come in, be able to check in a couple of weeks later to see how things are going. Um, but it wasn't till February. It would have been the last day of February. Okay. So a couple months. A couple, yeah. A couple months. It was here in Hamilton County. Okay. You know, we come walking up into the courtroom and you had some courtroom workers going, <gasps> It's adoption day, you know, like, because, because it only happens every, you know, once every month or six weeks, whatever, right. you know, they don't have it every day. And so they're like, oh, good. We get to see all the families coming in, you know? And so you meet with the, um, uh, uh, judge uh-huh. one at a time. I have one family at a time and the, there's a, you're paying a lawyer. Do you, we met the lawyer that day. Like, Hey, how you doing? You know, like kind of, he, he just has done all the paperwork uh-huh. and he sits, stands in front of the uh, judge and you pretty much are saying, I will be legally, financially you know, uh, taking care of and the steward or, you know, mm-hmm. parent this child as if it were my, my own. Yeah. Yes, your honor. You know, like, so, you know, you, you swear from there, you then cannot, until that is done, you can't set your seal date. Okay. So that, you know, and, uh, it, it is fun. Cause as far as for those of you who think that, um, all the priesthood leadership knows the answers to every <laughs> single question that comes in as I remember standing There's always in, something new. Yeah, I remember standing in Bishop Brian's office going, Hey, um, so what's the next step with this? And we both kind of pulled out the handbook together and go, Nope, we gotta uh, wait until that's no. done. Once that's done, then we can schedule. Okay, great, thanks. You know, nice. like yeah. So uh, yeah, and so until that is done, then you can't set your ceiling date afterwards. That's one of the questions I ask is are you know, is are the adoption you, is complete? This, yeah. You know, it's like yes. <laughs> Well, that's great. And so the kids that were able to witness, were they dressed in white or were yep. they? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's neat. That would be, um, if they're old enough to remember that, that would be, I would think, an anchor point for them. Mm-hmm. That would be really neat for them to be able to experience. Yeah, Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. So what else does the Fisher Second Ward need to know about Josh Stortz? Oh, I don't know if the Fisher Second Ward needs to know <laughs> half the things they already know about Josh Stortz, to be honest with you. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, love to be able to uh, help where I can, you know. Um, if you need to have those, uh, yeah, I won't even share that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that may I get push that rating over right, that one. Right. I come from a very uh, every every topic is open. Okay. Kind of conversations point point with my family, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Um, yeah, so it's one of those things. Even though difficult conversations to have, I'm used to having those conversations because like we need to talk through it, you know. Right. Um, and at the same time, uh, I guess, and it's not that they need to know this about me, but just more of I love to be able to and you know help encourage others to where have confidence in in who you are and what you can do, and even the things you don't think you can do come up with confidence with it and just, you know, yeah. dig into it. So, um, yeah. That's great. And if you know a Hispanic male, <laughs> <laughs> reach out to Josh. Let's go. Yeah, full, has, a, has a, you know, secure job. Make sure that they, you know, we're the, we're we the priesthood some, holder. Some. Let's keep some of these levels up here with that, you know. Still my sister we're talking about here, but, you know, loves kids. That's right. You know, good. likes to be out in Texas. I think we're probably another one as well. So, you know. Well, very good. Well, it has been an absolute blast sitting down with you for a few minutes and get to know you a little bit better. Thank you. And thanks for um, what you do in the ward. And thanks for uh, just, yeah, thanks for everything. Oh, I, there was, I knew there was something else I was going to ask you about. I'm, I got to ask you about 
Smoke mac and cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I get, yeah. So I smoke meat. So, um, get that word meat in there. Yeah, no. So I have an electric smoker um, that uh, I started with, like every other old uh, guy. And for those of you who are listening, you know, the 10 of you or so that are still <laughs> listening, um, you'll get into it eventually. Um, yeah, it was so back to it kind of ties into the adoption it was one of those where um because of the economic class that china was you know sitting in as we were coming through we had been um matched with her and uh we were going up to michigan for thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and it's like you know what we should probably bring some thanksgiving food over uh just it's a nice thing to do and um we were going past there anyway and i doubt she's going to mind and she did not uh so that was the first time i smoked a turkey Okay. Now, when I say a turkey, like an actual like bird, mm-hmm. you know, that's not how you typically do it. That's not how I do it now. Okay. But I, I gave that a go. And while I was with that, I was like, you know, I just don't want to show up with a turkey. Mm-hmm. Like, what else can I show up with? You know, I'd done beans before, but typically that's with some kind of pork drippings. Okay. You know, the type of meat matters. How you doing that? And so I looked up online and went, smoked mac and cheese. Hmm. That's a good side. Like, sure. I mean, as far as why not, you know? And so that was the first time I did that as far as just you're putting in uh, milk, flour, a roux, three types of cheese, your cubed up cream cheese, mix it with pasta, and then you smoke it for two to four hours. Okay. And yeah, for those, you know, that have tried it, I, I haven't heard a complaint about it yet. Um, and it, we, we took it out of the smoker and Courtney and I looked at it and went, I can't believe we're giving this away. This looks delicious. <laughs> and so, and this, again, we, you know, we had to try it to make sure we were sure. giving something and it was good. So it's like, we have to make sure to do this again. So that was the first time we did it. Um, and then, so now what I do with the smoking is um, I'll smoke uh, typically ribs, um, uh, pork shoulder, mac and cheese. And then around Thanksgiving time, I get the um, turkey roast or to mm-hmm. say the turkey breast. Uh-huh. I'll inject those, my, my uh, most... Uh, requested one is a honey uh, maple syrup glazed uh, injected turkey that yeah and it it stays very juicy but also most people who have it who don't like turkey say they like that okay so it has a nice flavor to that so i need to expand on that a little more as far as i haven't tried a brisket yet well i know a guy who would be happy to taste test (laughs) so yeah um i'm not a huge mac and cheese guy but the smoked mac and cheese that is a winner Mm. that is so what I do with chocolate cake, Josh does with the smoked mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got this pan of mac and cheese, and it was just so good. Yeah, well, I'm, so. I'm glad you. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed that. And um, uh, it's someone's got to have a special. I guess my other one would be is the one I also get requested for is the fruit pizza. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one that my uh, my mom. That's from a recipe from my mom. I have I have college friends that I've finally have gotten the recipe and it's really the, it's the crust. That's the, uh-huh. that's the, the two. So I'm sure my wife's, if my, if my wife even listens to this, Courtney <laughs> listening, uh, I'm sure she's probably rolling her eyes going like, stop bragging about the, it's nothing special. Darn it. It's special. People like it. Yes. Pizza. <laughs> um, when I was growing up, my dad made a dessert pizza, but it was, he, it, he was just trying to be obnoxious. Mm. So he does, and it wasn't great. We just got this pizza crust and we put, cut up marshmallows and mm, okay. gummy bears and just all sorts of junk on there. And it was not good, but it, I have had fruit pizza and it is really good. But, but it represents exactly, if it's your point, it represents as far as whatever you could want, as far as <laughs> like, right. I want chocolate syrup on top of my gummy bears on top of my, you know, yeah, where it's not good at all. No, it's not. <laughs> but, um, 
if you're in that dad mode, you'll pretend it's good just to <laughs> push buttons with your wife. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Josh. Thank thanks you for the uh, six of you that are still listening. <laughs> Down to size. <laughs> and one of them is probably not Courtney. But uh, we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fisher Second Ward podcast. Please share it with members of the ward or others who you think might be interested or might be enriched and blessed by listening to our stories. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.